0: Hello, good morning. It is March the 13th, 2018. This is Drive Time Podcast, where I drive either to or from work, and I talk about random stuff. Now, interesting thing was my son's birthday was a couple days ago, and my mother's birthday was uh, yesterday. And, yeah, life goes on. Things happen in your life, and you keep trying to... trying to account for it. So today, like the last time, we were talking about workplace politics. And uh, that was the last uh, episode. If you didn't see it, check it out. I I talk about a couple of different situations and a couple of different mindsets about how you can approach workplace politics. But this episode, I was um, talking about relationships and nostalgia. And um, the biggest thing that I want to talk about is... Uh, when to move on from a relationship. So, this couldn't be a relationship in general um, business relationship, this can be a romantic relationship, this could be a friendship, um, it, it could be a lot of different things. And I've read of a lot of books, a lot of I guess the uh, guidance that says, hey, you need to go ahead and cut the poison from your life. You know, uh, toxic family members, toxic uh, workplace uh, people, you know, you gotta cut the fat. Or cut the drama essentially from your life. And I do agree with that wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, I, I don't necessarily agree with uh, the timing on it sometimes. Because, uh, sometimes you pull the trigger too early and sometimes you pull it late. Life is sometimes about timing. When can you do it? I, I was watching a NASCAR race. I was at a restaurant not too long ago and there was a restaurant, there was a NASCAR race going. And the guy uh, who was driving, he pulled in to have maintenance done on his car real quick, get his tires switched out, get some fuel in his car. And um, you watch these guys, and they are in sync. They, not the band, it's not gonna be me. Anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, they're in sync. They are people who are, when you go right, I go left, we meet in the middle um, on the back end. They pop off the old tires. Got another guy right there ready to jack in a, a, what I looks like a 400. Pound tire, jacks that thing on, other guy torques it down and, and then they're off, they're gone you know, and the, the car gets back out to, to race again and um, the synchrony that these people are involved in uh, it's amazing they know when to zig, when to zag when to go left, when to go right <laughs> I would think that when you're harmonious like that your relationships are, are pretty good I'm not saying they're gonna be perfect every time, but when you look at basketball teams that have great chemistry, they usually win a lot of games, they have a lot of fun, and they convert wins. They convert um, either championships or, or deep runs into the playoffs. And, and you look at that and you can sit there and say, oh man, that, that team really is gel um, collectively, synergistic, synergistic right? one plus one equals three. Because what one individual can do and what another individual can do, they put their work together, they can make what three individuals can do. That's what the synergistic kind of model is, one plus one equals three. So, anyway, I don't want to digress with that, but I just want to highlight what Harmonious looks like in the marketplace, what harmony looks like with your partner in a good relationship now. We have toxic relationships. That's obviously something that I want to spend a little bit more time on, defining. Toxic relationship is when one party of the relationship is not is not having, fun, is not doing, um, is not having the time, and it's not beneficial for them. So I think of you know relationships in the sense of romantic when it's not working out. Something, most time, you can tell been in a relationship where you know it wasn't going to work out or you know X, Y, and Z you kind of can see the writing on the wall what's difficult though is when the other person doesn't see it and then you have to be the person the bad news person to to give them the uh, (laughs) to give them the bad news and you feel like a jackass but I mean it's really that's relationships but in friendships it's a little bit um, it could be a little bit more subtle just don't call them anymore. You just don't talk to them. Anymore. You just um, don't interact with them. And it's difficult. You pull away from a relationship, and all the interactions that you used to have are no longer there anymore. So, for instance, if you have workplace friends, workplace buddies, um, and they are people who you see. 40 hours a week. You're talking to them all the time. You know, you have on a strong relationship with them. You know their kids, you know who their wives are, you know, you've had some stories, they've told you some things about their past and their life and you have grown uh to more together through a through explaining left and right. You've talked about this, you've talked about this, you've talked about this. You've gotten a greater depth and uh, you've had a greater depth of knowledge and of brevity of subjects. So, that's great, that's what friendships do. They escalate and then they disassociate. They, they go into this falling off and sometimes it's detrimental to the relationship. Sometimes it's just a lull and then you'll come back up to a significant people in a relationship are like it. But how do you know when it's time to break it? How do you know when it's time to end the relationship? That's the focus of today's, I guess, conversation. So why I'm highlighting toxic relationships and positive relationships and friends and buddies and all this other stuff is because sometimes it just happens. Life, life happens. You move from you know, you move from Oregon and all your friends over there that you used to talk with and barbecues on Sundays and you know, your favorite place to eat, you know, those individuals you don't see anymore. So you just never think about them ever again. You move back to Texas or you move Delaware, or you moved to wherever, and those individuals that you were communicating with on a daily basis that you felt close with, that there was some bonding with, they're gone. Done. <laughs> so, there is a de-escalational point where little by little by little, you move in. Now, those individual friends, you can't still strike up a conversation with them right? You can still talk to them. You can still be friends with them. So for instance, people that I knew in high school, um, I see them occasionally. I say, hey, man, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? And there's whatever schema they had of me in high school, whatever they thought I was or who I was, that's their image of me. Now, of course, if you're seeing them after 10 or 15 years, the, it's going to change. You're obviously going to be like, hey, yeah, I'm X, Y, and Z. I do X, Y, and Z, and I do this, and I have this, and I play with that. You know, everything's good. Okay? But, at the same time, you know, at the same time, you've got to consider, you have to consider that people change, and those schemas are not necessarily applicable anymore. and that can be very, again, that can be very tough to to help people identify. Again, we're not talking about old relationships that have just sparked up, but there is the occasional, "Hey, we're friends like we never left." You know, you hear that a lot, and I see that a lot with some people. Is that you know, "Hey, we're, we're old friends like like we like we never stopped being friends." And I mean, as much as as much as that is. And as much as 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 good as that feels, it's one of those things that you you look at and say, yeah, that can happen. Somebody I hadn't talked to in 10 years, and you know things are very similar to the way you know their outlooks and things are very similar. You can always start off a conversation, have a good laugh, and then feel good about the interaction. So now let's get to the actual topic of hand because I want to hit on those other things before people start saying, well, what about this? What about that? Okay. Yes, all those situations do. Um, exist, all those situations, they do happen, and just because you hit an escalation, and you exit a relationship, doesn't necessarily mean you can't go back, I mean, when I was in middle school, I called them light switch couples, couples that would be, you know, on and off, oh yeah, we're, we're seeing each other again, oh we got mad, so we broke up, and then, you know, just like a light switch, you turn it on and off, that's something not sustainable, I think it's just school games or high school games, but be that as it may, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, a little bit of business relationships and when, when it's time to end it, so um, recently we had go going individual who was uh, not coming to work on time, not coming to work um, on, on the scheduled dates and Anybody who's been in business or who knows a thing or two about business, you can't run an organization and be efficiently operable like that. Now, yes, did it help me on payroll? That this individual you know, came hours late. Yeah, I mean, I saved money, but at the same time, there were days where you know we needed that productivity, we needed that, um, we needed that individual. So, at the same time, it was it was good and bad. I feel like it's the right move because it does set a precedence with everybody else in the organization that says, listen, this is stuff that we won't tolerate. We're not going to tolerate attitudes. We're not going to tolerate disrespect to customers. We're not going to tolerate tardiness. We want everybody to be punctual and following the rules of the organization. So all that be that as it may, I mean, you know, of course, when people are uh, released from their duties, fired essentially doesn't feel good for anybody. The individual who was let go obviously has, um, a feeling of grievances and and a feeling of, uh, you know, anger, uh, depression, sadness, uh, you know, they go through pretty much a microcosm of the, you know, stages of grief. So, um, it is really what it is. Uh, the individual did it to themselves, and at the same time, you know, me as a leader, as an organizational leader, you just have to look at it and say, these are the roles, this is the, the reality of the situation, and I hope that you can understand that because moving forward, we expect X, Y, and Z. Um, when you are released from a position, it, it's a breakup from another person. When it's time to say, I'm done, I'm finished, I don't want to participate in X, Y, Z, that's completely different, and that's something that I really want to discuss in in length uh, right now, because when it's time to pull the trigger on anything, there is sadness, there is heartache, there is decisions, there are a lot of things there that you have to consider. So, I mean, most people, when it comes to a business proposition is, do you have another job set up? Do you have a better opportunity? Is there something that you can get from another organization that you're currently not getting here? And if the answers are yes to a couple of things, then you would probably make a decision to leave. At the same time, At the same time, you have to consider the second part of it. You have to sit there and say, well... You know, is that just speculation or is that a guarantee that I'm going to be able to get X, Y, and Z? You know, everybody likes to look at the the upside and if you always look at the downside, you'll never leave. So, so for instance, um, there's a guy that I, I used to know. He worked for a horrible organization, a bad organization, and I believe they fired him. I believe they let him go. Um, again, this is my characterization based off of his experience. Doesn't necessarily mean said company was evil. I believe it was based off of, you know, my personal experience and then just, you know, what he told me. Anyway, so just that little premise. Because <laughs> it is going to sound biased. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they let him go. And uh, he was obviously very upset with the decision. Uh, he joined another organization not too long after that. And He's thriving. He loves this organization. They treat him right. They treat him with respect. They don't demean him. They don't. Um, they don't disrespect him like previous place had. And the only reason why he's at a better opportunity, a better situation, is simply because that situation he was in let him go. I don't think he ever would have chose to leave had you know that been the reality. Had that been his normal reality, I don't think he ever would have chose to just get up, pack his bags, and go, I, I just, I, me personally, don't see that in him, so, it's, for me, it's interesting, because yes, it does look like a curse at some point, but it was also a huge blessing for him, because he was able to transition into something a lot better for him, and, and then, it's a better working relationship. He gets paid more. Um, you know, he keeps his, his life and his affairs going. It's just a better situation. It, it felt better for him, and I'm happy. But you had to go through, you had to go through some pain. You had to go through some stuff in order to to get there. And when you consider leaving an organization, you have to think in those terms. I understand that. But here's the butt. You also have to be pragmatic. If you're making let's pick a let's pick a let's pick, a round, let's pick a round number. So if you make hundred thousand dollars, and your hundred thousand dollars is set, right? That's what your salary is. High stress, seventy hours a week, whatever it is. Killing yourself. Don't get to see your family. Driving all the time. Whatever it is. And your main concern is, I just want family time. I just want to be able to see my family and I just want to be able to relax and fish on the weekends or whatever. You would be willing probably to take almost any job that would make it comfortable. So if another job said, hey, you're working you know, 85, 75 hours, we have this 45-hour-a-week job. It pays 60 grand. This is what you do X, Y, and Z. Um, did you want it? And you would probably be like, yeah, yeah. So when you look at high-level executive to, you know, small accountant or store manager, whatever it is, whatever the piece is, uh, you're going to sit there and be like, yeah, this makes so much more sense for me in my life. Somebody from the outside will sit there and say, well, you threw away $100,000 a year. What are you thinking? Are you crazy? Truth of the matter is, yeah, kind of. (laughs) Truth of the matter is, yeah, but it's crazy to you, but not crazy for them. And that's all that really matters. When you step away from an organization, when you leave an organization, it is, it's incumbent on you to make sure that that's what you want. And then that's it. Does not matter about anything else. Because it doesn't. It doesn't matter about anything else. So it's, it's strictly incumbent on you to make sure it's what you want. So you can get advice, you can get ideas. I mean, by all means, did I, you know, in this example, the guy who makes a hundred thousand dollars, did I want him to become like a Buddhist monk, or, you know, or, uh, or, or or something that says, uh, you know, he becomes a a, a a guy at McDonald's flipping hamburgers and can't make his rent or his you know his car payments or whatever he's got going on. You know, no, nobody ever wants you to take that big of a cut. But, if you can do it, and it makes you happy, do it. Very simple. Very straightforward. I consider a lot of things in my, my, my personal to be love letters in some ways. Like, you know, ideas or, or, or ways to kind of perceive the world. Because this is my idea. This is my thoughts on it. But, at the same time, I, I am reluctant to make a decision on anything because I don't have facts and I use straight facts. I don't I don't sit here and go hypotheticals. I like to think of hypotheticals, but I have no idea in the slightest how my next job or my next interview is going to go. I just don't. But I'm optimistic because I'm optimistic because it's something that's exciting. It's something that's interesting. When you step away, or when you're purposely stepped away, <laughs> when you're forced to step away, or when you step away personally for a better opportunity, weigh your options. Weigh it. Yeah, I get less money, but I have more time. Yeah, it's closer, but I pay. You know, but I put more time into driving. Um, yeah, it's a promotion, but I'm gonna have to do a lot of extra work in order to get this in. In order, Yeah, you know, it's better company, uh, but I, maybe I'll feel more like a name, a faceless name rather than an individual uh, from a small company. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an X amount of money increase, and we could use that. So I think the money is the big motivator here. Oh, yeah, the bonus and commissions are great, but there's also an opportunity for me making very little money. Um, you know, where, where are we at with that? You know, that kind of stuff. Excuse me. Because um, it, it just, it's things you really have to analyze. How do you know when it's time? Do you just give up and say, oh, yeah, it's time, it's done? Probably. For the most part, I would say, yeah. <laughs> I think you always have that one moment. And at most jobs, you can go back and sit there and say, "Yep, that was the moment when I decided I was done with this place. Usually it's things that boil up and then one uh, moment that just kind of takes you over to the other side. Um, a good example of this was uh, at some point I was an assistant manager with a large organization and I had transferred to another location and the other location was a lot of like slack hicks, yokels that, <clears throat> that are pretty elitist for being a small shitty town. Anyway, uh, that's again yeah, bias. But um, yeah, I thought they were very elitist. You know, if you didn't kind of bow down and respect their own hierarchy, then uh, then it was one of those things that they would not allow you to to be a part of a, a part of the group. So me being the individual that I am. I kind of said, yeah, I'm not going to play your little politic game. I just want to come in and do my job, be successful. Well, that didn't curry a lot of favor because most of those individuals were, were bought or organized to a certain person. Well, I played my cards very wrong, and this is where I learned about workplace politics. You know, my first instance. And once I realized that I played my whole hand wrong, I just kind of said, "Hey, listen, I'm not trying to to screw all over, I don't want to try and I'm not trying to do politics, I'm not trying to try do any of that stuff. I'm just trying to work, get my job done, and be successful." And uh, some people bought into that. You know, they bought into my my perspective. They they understood that. <clears throat> and they liked the idea of stepping away from the workplace politics. Well, it wasn't enough people to get the message out. Because literally, I had uh, gotten talked to by uh, the, the higher-ups, the higher organizational leaders. And they all sat down and said, hey, well, listen, this is what we think you need to do. And, you know, we've heard a lot of stuff. And, yada. yada. I'm like, well, that's all not true. Uh, some of it is true, mind you. Some of it was accurate. But the whole presentation of it was just not so, they they said, well, hey, you know, we're going to slap you on the wrist with a punishment. A, like punishment. I'm like, punishment for what? You know, well, you said you agree. And I was like, no, that's a narrative that you're buying into. <clears throat> but that's not really the implication of it. Again, you go back and forth. And at that point, midway through, I said, you know what? I realized to myself, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done arguing. I'm done trying to stick my positions. I'm done trying to... Um, make myself look clean in a situation that was uh, in a narrative that was built up against me okay if that's how y'all are playing it here in this shitty podunk town that y'all call a city okay that's fine and it's one of those things that again workplace politics is there if y'all don't believe me it is there um, it's one of those things where I looked at and really analyzed and said yeah okay I understand what's going on here. I get it. I've got to go and kiss ass on the two or three people that were slighted. I didn't do it. Because I don't bend the knee. I just don't. I, I just don't. It's not something that I'm ever going to do. It's just kiss ass to, to get ahead. Um, I mean, there's ways that you can be persuasive and charming, charismatic and stuff. But, you know, it's not. it's not lost on me that... You know, I needed to to completely, you know, bow down. No, that's not that's not me. I don't do that. So uh, once I decided that I wasn't gonna do that, I didn't do it. And subsequently I just said, I'm done. Done with this place. It happens. I mean it happens a lot when you consider it, when you look at it, because the way that I was the way that I was is very straightforward. It's one of those things that you can, you can see and you look at and say, nah, there's no way in hell I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and bow down to some slack jaw hick who thinks that they're better than me and who thinks that I just need to curry to them." Nope. That ain't going to happen. So again, my own biases are in there, but I decided really quick. That was it for me that I was done that I wasn't going to play their brand of politics or their brand of of their brand of essentially uh, their stuff. I'm not gonna do that. That's not me. What I realized now was that I decided to end it right then and there pretty quickly. I was done at that point. You know I, I served out the rest of my time probably another two to three weeks, two to two to three months, something like that. But at that point never did I what the fuck are you looking at, bro? Um, never did I say, Hey, yeah, that's what's happening or I just I was just done. I just never fault anymore at this point. I never try to consider anything other than what was going on and that was it. It was it was completely done. So at some point what I ended up doing was I I found another employment, found another job, found a better opportunity, and moved on and um <clears throat> i ran into a lot of issues a lot of things and a lot of individual people i i usually say this a lot you don't you don't quit your organization you quit people before you quit the organization you know people don't quit organizations people quit people um and this is specifically talking about the business piece this is specifically talking about you know the business avenue, right? When you when you decide to leave, when you decide to move on, um, that's that's what I'm talking about. And it's like I said, it's it's interesting because I go back and I look at kind of workplace politics. I know that was the last topic we talked about, but just disillusionment. When you know it's time, when you know that it's it's done, um, how do you react? What do you do? And for me, I just shut it down. I was like, there's no reason for me to fight any fights there's no reason for me to be argumentative i mean there's no reason for me to have frustrations i just need to look for a better position another opportunity that's going to treat me right and then i made a list of things that i was looking for so specifically i was looking for you know work life balance i was looking for more money i was looking for uh, better ranking and better titlement which gives me a louder voice in the organization you know i was looking for all of those things um, to for myself and at some point, I did find some things, and at other points, I didn't find what I was looking for. And, and you're going to find that. When you when you realize that you want more time off of the kids, to see the kids and stuff, sometimes that means you don't get as much money as you used to. Uh, and then when you don't get as much money as you used to, that puts financial strain because you can't run a budget. Now, that didn't happen to me. I run a budget pretty well. And I don't know what I need to make, you know, My living, I know how much I need to live, but excuse me, at the same time, it's just one of those things that you really need to consider, you really need to kind of think about. Um, again, this I mean, when you know you're done in a relationship, like an actual romantic relationship, is a little bit different, uh, it could be triggered off of anything. I once had a girlfriend in high school who um, I pretty much dumped because she ate different things on her hamburgers cheeseburgers um we were at a track meet she went to a different school uh, I, I was running for my hometown alma mater she was running for her her alma mater and uh her town was probably like 15 minutes away from mine but um but yeah she was uh, at a track meet my, my mom was there of course my mom went to almost everything that i did shout out to mom uh, anyway, so she was there. Uh, she asked, Hey, are you hungry? I had just finished running like a two mile race. And she was like, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, I would love a hamburger. And, uh, so she got me a hamburger. She asked my, my then girlfriend, um, what she wanted. and She kind of laid out all this stuff on it. And I was like, Oh God. And then I watched her eat it. Like, I mean, you know, of course we're eating together, we're talking, we're laughing and stuff. And, and it's just one of those things like, I really don't like the fact that you eat like everything on your hamburger. I don't like the fact that you throw a whole bunch of condiments and all this other stuff on it. And you know, other than that, she was pretty. She wasn't like dropped in gorgeous. She was pretty. She was nice. Um, it's just you know, it just didn't work out. I didn't I didn't find her as attractive. Maybe some other people did. And I also had other prospects that I was looking at, you know, people who lived in my hometown, people that I saw every day, people who, you know, I wouldn't have to carry on a a phone conversation or an online conversation with day after day. Now, ironically, that's how I met my wife and I love that about her. So that really wasn't an objective, an objection. It was more on her than it was on, on me because I ended up dating somebody for a long time who ends up being my wife online and on the phone you know we hardly saw each other we didn't go to the same school so all of those um negatives that i saw in you know track girl we'll call her the girl from track um were actually not negatives for who is my wife now so again it's interesting how those things play out the negatives that you see in others are not necessary negatives in people that you like more people that you're interested in um, I, I know this sounds vain, and I know it sounds uh, superficial, but I really wasn't interested in her romantically. Like she wasn't that attractive to me. Uh, she was really a nice person, and because I wasn't dating the person who I really had fixation on in school, um, it just it just didn't didn't work out for me. Like I was just like, all right, you're you're a good secondary, or you're a good uh, you know you're a good replacement, or however you want to say it you're you're a good second for right now kind of thing and that's again a a romantic way of looking at it or well that's a romantic situation and that was the reality from my side for her she wrote me a letter after we had broken up saying that you know she went back into I guess being a dancer and doing some other things and and that I had inspired her and coached her and told her that it was good and yada 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 she ended up dating a dude like around the block or close to around the block. Um, he was like a thug. And I thought it was like funny how she went from somebody who was, you know, a pretty good student. I want to brag on myself a little bit. But I was a good student. I was a, you know, respectable person. I was a religious person, I guess you could say. I wasn't like uh, gangbanging or selling drugs or, you know, 16 tattoos or anything like that which if you do, no big deal, but I just, I didn't look like you, let's just say it like that, um, yeah, so she ended up dating some guy next, and then her story is kind of tragic, the way that her story ends, uh, she's deceased now, she was murdered a couple years ago, anyway, that's sad, but she was a good person, but it just didn't work out romantically, you know at some point, hey, this is not gonna work out, the same thing, there's another girl that I met, so I had marched with her in a quesadilla uh, when I was young, and uh, she was like, hey, can I get your number, can I talk to you, and essentially, I, I liked her, she was cool, um, I saw her one time, so this is weird, because this story was like when I was in like middle school-ish, middle school, maybe the first year of high school, I think it was my freshman year of high but there was this girl that I knew, she was a good friend of mine. Uh, She was interested in me, Uh, I I was dating somebody else at the time and uh, we we became friends. So then uh, she started dating my best friend, which was cool. I was cool with it because she couldn't get me or I wasn't really interested in her so then she went to my best friend, that's cool, that's no big deal, it keeps everybody uh, situated, everybody together. sorry there's somebody who like veered off the side of the road again this is drive time so I'm driving actually while I'm talking um, anyway <clears throat> she she got with my best friend that was cool I was good with it because she was a cool she was a cool friend anyway so me and her actually had gone to a another town together her, her mother drove during us uh, and it was just one of those things like hey do you want to go and chill at the mall or whatever I said, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can do that. And me and her went to... Uh, I know, this is weird. Me and her went to the mall. And at that point, I saw the girl that was talking to me. Man. You know what it looked like? It looked like she was trying to hit The way I, like, played it back in my head, it makes it seem like she was trying to hook up or, like, not hook up with Try to get me more involved with her, and I totally went to go see a movie with another chick. Which that chick had just gotten off a of soccer practice. She was cool, she was pretty, you know, she was nice, but she didn't smell great. That was the biggest thing when I was that's when I pulled the plug on that because I like I took a whiff of her hair and it did not smell great, and I was like, oh man, this is for real not the way I thought this was gonna go and she just got off a of soccer practice we saw like one o'clock in the afternoon um, or our soccer game actually in the morning I guess she didn't take a shower I don't know I have no idea but that was one of the reasons why I put the plug on that like and it was call it what you want i I just i'm being real like this is real situations and don't get me wrong there have been a whole bunch of people who've done a lot more wild weird crazy things that have dumped people for less so it's not like i'm weird here but it it is a situation that happened so then i drive back with the other chick um you know my friend and i'm telling her all about it she's like yeah that's that's not good i was like yeah well at least you got jamie because at this time, I wasn't seeing anybody. My ex-girlfriend had dumped me, so I was just like, okay, I was in the, I was in the shallows, and I was looking for, um, a, you know, another girlfriend, somebody had to be interesting, have fun with, yada yada yada. And that it wasn't her. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting story about how things can end and why you pull the plug on relationships. That's it right there. <laughs> Life stories. Anyway, but it's a true thing. I mean, I ended up um, seeing, being interested in my friend. Um, And at that point, she was like, "Nah, not really interested in you anymore. I'm moving on to Christian Boy." And I was like, "All right, you Christian Boy can kick it. That's cool. Dude was cool. You know, he was a baseball player." He was, he was actually a really nice guy. Um, you know, so I had no ill will toward him because, again, she was my friend before I was, like, interested in her. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened in high school. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens, you know, in life. And when you when you go through things, you, hindsight is, again, 20-20. You see pretty much everything a little bit more clear than what you were doing when you were actually involved in it my biggest thing that I've noticed is how oblivious I was to people who have I guess like their politics or their intentions I was so blind to their intentions so blind to what they were wanting or looking for that I just kind of said yeah that's cool and then looking back I was like oh man obviously she tried to wanted you to be interested in her yeah obviously she was trying to um you know get interested or whatever it was and i remember the first time i met my friend um and, and again it was the first day of freshman year actually I, w- I walked up to the campus and i i didn't know any of my class schedules i was that kid that didn't pay attention like i paid attention enough to get like a's and b's i didn't pay attention enough to, to like so A's plus so I had to go back to the main office, the main office, uh, the main office and on the campus, I found the main office and went in there and I grabbed my uh, my car that tells me my schedule, which is okay, first, first class you go here, second class you go here, third class you go here, the whole schedule. Okay. Then I come out of these gates and there's this chick there, sitting, sitting across on the bench and I've never seen her before. Oh, she must be an upperclassman, and um, she must be upperclassman. And I'm just like, all right, well, that's cool. She's pretty. Um, you know, she had a kind of short hair uh, that was curly, dark. Uh, she was wearing a red shirt and some baggy black jeans that are like those uh, skater jeans, right? The ones with uh, dark, dark black. With like a silverish, whitish lining, and there's a chain kind of coming down on the right side, uh, and then she had some like I think Nikes on or some kind of sneakers on. So just by the look of her, I was like, oh, she's attractive, she's thin, she's pretty in the face, she's got you know, pretty nice hair, she's got athletic shoes. That recipe right there was like I could assess pretty, pretty closely. She was athletic, she probably played sports, you know, she's obviously healthy. There's, there's a lot of things that you can assess real quick and I was a runner, I was a runner in high school so I was very big into people's footwear because I wanted to know their casual, you know, would they wear Nikes to, to class or are they, you know, wearing slip-ons or Pradas or whatever, you know, heels or, you know, whatever so, it was always interesting to me it was just things that I started analyzing people what they wear and creating schemas on them pretty early in my life and I just continued doing it through high school, so, anyway I saw this chick and I stopped, like, dead in my tracks and just kind of looked her over and she looked at me and she kind of smiled. I don't, I don't remember if we actually talked or discussed anything. I have no idea. Um, all I remember was my first class, my ex-girlfriend sat uh, kind of close to me because at the time, we were still boyfriend and girlfriend. We, we, we hadn't uh, broken up or anything we were just still old So, I mean, I got there late because I didn't know what my first class was. So, I sat in that class and uh, and I, I sat close to her and it was, it was a lot of really smart and popular people in one class and it was pretty cool because I'd never experienced anything like that. Um, so, it was, it was pretty pretty interesting. But she was in there and her last name started with a G. My last name started with an H, and my girlfriend, at the time, her last name started with an E. So, guess who sat in front of me? Red-headed chick. I mean, not red-headed, but red-shirt chick. And uh, she turned around and said, hey, how's it going? I'm um, person's name, name redacted. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm saving I'm you know? My girlfriend swings her head over and looks... It just starts staring at me, like burning a, an eye, you know, burning a, <laughs> burning a, uh, a hole through my soul, just because I'm engaging in a conversation with a person she's never met, and a person that, you know, she's jealous of. Obviously, she was physically attractive, more physically attractive than my girlfriend at the time. But again, I had history with her. She was with my girlfriend for like 10 or 11 months at the time. You know, so we're coming up to almost a year. And, um, and yeah, so it was interesting at best. And, uh, and yeah, it just, it was what it was. <laughs> I go back and think about it and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, hindsight's 20. 20. So I'd love to talk to uh, neighbor, Dacton, red shirt girl, and, and talk to her about it and be like, Hey, do you remember the first time we met? Cause I do. Do you remember the first time that we talked to each other? i don't but i remember conversations ends up you know we becoming pretty close friends i think i tell her immediately hey i'm so i'm saving and that's my girlfriend lisa Uh, she was like hey i'm so and so i came from blank and blank and whatever it was right and uh it's just so interesting to me because i look at how relationships end and how relationships start and my girlfriend at the time she ended up dumping me There was a whole bunch of situations there. She had steaming hots for my best friend. um, And they had something going on. And it was always one of those things to where I got super jealous and super hurt by the relationship that they ended up having. uh, Simply because I felt betrayed. There's a lot of feelings there. There's a lot there with that. But... It, it ends up being something where she, I think maybe I was always her second. And if she could get number one, she would definitely kick me to the side and go to number one. She met other people. She was charmed by other people. She had relationships with other people. And she was kind of a wild child. Uh, you know, she got ran through a lot in high school. And that's just, the, that's just the reality of it. I, on the other hand, I was looking for something a little bit more intelligent, something a little bit more meaningful. I played my cards wrong on a lot of things because I was young and immature. It doesn't really matter now because I'm happily married with my wife, but it's just interesting because when you draw upon nostalgia and you draw upon things that you used to think about, draw upon things that you that has happened, it all leads you to a different place. So, like, for instance, the, um, the ideas and the people that I was talking with and the, the situations that I was put in with women early on in my life made me more aware of things that I did not want. So I did not want, you know, a woman who was going to be X, Y, and Z. I did not want a woman who was going to be X, Y, and Z. You know, I, I just... I remember... Um, certain individuals a certain way. And again, it's maybe rose tinted glasses because I wasn't the best. I wasn't rosy. I wasn't a little beam of sunshine. Um, But those individuals that I think about when I think of my high school time and I think of other things, there's a group of people that I would never think about dating simply because of class, right? Like, I was kind of an athletic goth kid, like, not goth, like, to where I dressed in black all the time, I mean, like, painted my face and hitting my nails or any of that shit. I, uh, I, I just dressed in black, and I listened to certain type of music, not how people were a little bit more extreme, but we were just normal people, we are just trying to socialize and find our way, I was smart, uh, you know, so I, I was actually in, not better classes, but higher educated classes, and that put me into a group of my own. That's where I became a loner. I had friends that were in some ways lower class when it came with educational classes. If I never saw them all too much, but I hung, hung with them. And then I had other people in class that were smart, but I didn't have anything that I thought in common with them. And I was just like a guy in the class. You know, I was the, the token goth athletic kid, Mexican kid, whatever it was, You know, whatever schema they needed me to place it to. So they were really attractive girls uh, in my high school, right? Some of them were cheerleaders, some of them. Derby Dolls, which are the um, the drill team, some band members, but they, they, they were all individuals who I felt I could not measure up to, uh, so I never actually pursued them. Come to find out, again, years later, that some of those people were interested in me, like, interested, like, hey, you know, I'd like to see who he is, I'd like to see, you know, what he's about, you know, I'd like to see kind of who he is as a person, and yada, yada, yada there's one chick that when I was dating um, track girl when we were dating track girl she was at um, our initial date Uh, again I I think I've touched about this when I was with the track girl the first time that we met she invited me to a movie I could not do that so what I ended up doing was we met at a school play at my home school uh, my hometown Uh, they put on a school play so she showed up she met me there the other individual was a part of my yearbook staff, so I was on the yearbook staff, I ended up becoming the editor of my senior year, but this individual, um, I'll, I'll, I'm Mexican, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I'm Hispanic, right, um, I don't speak Spanish, but whatever, um, her, her name, I'm not going to give her name because that's not what we do here, she was on my staff she had talked to me previously about, eh, you know, hey, what do you do for lunch? Maybe we can go and eat something. And she was soft asking me out. And I was too stupid to even realize that. At least my impression of it now was that she was kind of asking you out to go and eat and just to see who you are. And you were so it boiled in your own politics and your own love life that you couldn't see this beautiful chick with, you know, blue eyes was trying to talk to you and you didn't do a damn thing about it. Reality? Okay. Alright. But, at the same time, it was just a reality. That's what happened. Um, anyway, doesn't make it any better, any worse, doesn't make it any anything other than what it was. But... some guy that works It is what it is anyway but um but yeah so this chick was i think interested in me and i was too dumb to, to even notice there are people who were dating other people there was uh one of the cheerleaders that uh it's not my favorite cheerleader my favorite cheerleader was i mean i don't i don't think this is any discernment or anything and it's not romantic or anything so my favorite cheerleader was a girl named crystal um she was my favorite cheerleader because she was the most down-to-earth person. She was the sweetest person. She had a, she had like nine cats, which, I mean, if I know people don't like cats that are dog people, but I was a cat person. So I was like, yeah, she's cool. She was very pretty. Um, she, Romantically, not interested in her. Like me, I was not interested in, in Crystal as a romantic partner or anything like that. I, I thought she was very pretty. I thought she was really nice. She was funny. She was ditzy. That's what made her funny. But... She was a good person, and honestly, she helped change my whole idea about people um, uh, who come from, you know, like the higher class of of my society, my El Campo society. And um, she really helped, kind of, kind of change my ideas and change my outlook on people because she was somebody who was very friendly with everybody. Everybody loved KP. So, people that I grew up with. Um, that, you know, again, was in the same class as me from second grade to ninth grade to whatever it was. Uh, There was another cheerleader who was really pretty. She was cool. Um, She was a little bit reserved. She was kind of shyer. And she was also one of the cheerleaders with her. And one day we were because we were all in the same classes over and over again. So they were on the smart, you know, A P classes and I was too. Uh, honors classes, A P classes. So we all had classes together, but we never really communicated or talked. She was dating a dude named I think Rex. And the three girls were talking about it and I was walking behind them because we all were going from one class to the next class. And essentially the whole class is just a mass exodus. You all leave at the same time because the bell rings and you all get to the class at the next time at the same time. So it's like, why not just travel in a big group, even though we're not all socializing? Anyway, I just happened to eavesdrop and she was like, yeah, I'm dating this dude Rex. And I was like, that dude's a, a bitch nigga. Like that dude is not a cool dude. That guy, you know, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of a dick. He thinks he's better than himself. You're do better with somebody else who's going to respect you and treat you right. And that was just my opinion, my two cents, because this girl was like fawning over this dude. And I was like, yeah, that, guy, that guy's a piece of trash. You know, just just as a two cents. And she goes, and she looks at me and she goes, well, who do you think I should date? And I was like, uh, I'm not like, and I even said, I was like, I'm not a guy who's telling you what to do. I'm just giving you my opinion. And I don't even know why I'm doing that. And I just never, I never talked to the chick again after that. (laughs) Because I didn't want her to think that I was, like, um, trying to be interested in her, you know? Like, that I was, like, romantically trying to swoop in and say, Oh, hey, you should not talk to that dude. You should give me a try. And, like, that's that's what it came off as, I'm pretty sure. But that's not what I wanted to do. That's not what I was trying to do. Um, So that's why I was just kind of, like, one of those yeah, man. Um, (laughs) I, I go back, like I said, I go back now and I look at it and it's just like, yeah, well, you know, that ended up happening. And for the most part I was okay with it, but there's just little things like that, that I remember from high school interacting with females, interacting with relationships that end, you know, things that just stop after that. Um, that was one of them. I never talked to her again. Uh, she, you know, we had classes, and I'm pretty sure we interacted, but I never talked to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference. Yeah, we interact, hey, pass me the paper, hey, could you say, hey, thanks, appreciate that, you know, or hey, I gotta talk to you about the yearbook staff, you know, what kind of quote did you want, yada, yada, yada. But it's not like a hey, so what do you do on the weekends, or hey, you know, what what did you think about this movie, you know? There's no talking like that, there's no social engagement. Um, Yeah, to this day, I don't even know if those people were interested or involved or anything like that. This is just my opinion looking back on it, but it's still fun. I mean, I could talk about a, a, a slew of different things, different interactions. I mean, there's was this one time in sixth grade, I got beat up by a kid who... Uh, <laughs> I say beat up, but I, I mean, I literally got locked up against a fence. And, um, you know, the kid kind of swung on me a couple of times, but I got in a fight with a kid because this dude was playing basketball and we were actually playing basketball, me and a couple of friends. And this kid starts throwing a ball and I think his name was Corey. I I can't remember or or something like that. Anyway, the kid was not a a good kid. Like he was, was bad news bearers, man. But, um, but yeah, I remember this guy and I was just like, all right. Um, Hey man what's going on and then he just starts you know we, we start fighting uh, he pushes me i push him back and then he starts swinging on me and you know i pretty much just defend my face he hits my body a couple of times and it really wasn't anything i think i hit him in the in the side of the side of the left eye and i think i got maybe two shots in on him and it was just like a real quick recess fight and then i, I think i hit him once like i missed him like, it was kind of in his chest, but it kind of glanced off. And then the other one was right to his just like, underneath his eye. Um, and then he stopped. He stopped hitting He just walked off. And because the other dude was throwing so many punches, it made it look like he was beating up on me. But essentially, all I needed was one punch. Third grade got into another fight with another dude. And it just was what it was. We were playing uh, dodgeball. Um, we are playing dodgeball. I hit the dude on the foot before he got home. He was out. He said I never hit him. I definitely did hit him. We got in a pushing fight. We wrestled a bit. No, I don't even think we threw punches. But we just wrestled. And since you're in third grade, you know it's the first time you really really getting an argument or a fight <laughs> And uh, I remember sitting in uh, one of the principal's offices, and me and me and the other guy are sitting there crying because we're third, we're third grade. I mean, we're three year old. You know, we're, we're practically still children. And the guy was bigger. I mean, this guy was tall. Don't get me wrong. He's tall. And, uh, you know, he was a big guy. And, uh, you know, it was it was what it was. But that guy ended up being a solid guy. I mean, he really was. He ended up being a solid person. Um, and as much as I don't like him or didn't like him, I still harbor feelings. But honestly, it's, it's, all, it's all past. We're, you know, third grade, and nine year olds or whatever it is, whatever that equates to. And then, uh, and then, yeah, and then 6th and 7th 8th grade, we, we were on a track team together, ironically, me and him, um, which was fun, you know, it was fun being on a track team, uh, we ran, accent, uh, dang, I missed my accent, but um, yeah, we were on a track team together, like 5th and 6th grade, so we had completely kind of buried the hatchet, and then after that, it was just, it was fine, uh, you know, we played 7th and 8th grade football together, and you know, I, he was a cool guy. I mean he was he was he was a bully to some. And yeah, he was sarcastic and he was big and he had his thing, but I don't think he messed with me anymore. I don't think he ever messed with me anymore after that. A couple years after that, he did pick on me, actually. I do remember that. He was on a baseball team, and uh, this guy stole my hat. And my dad was the coach. We didn't make it any better. The whole um, I got bullied as a kid was true. And I got bullied as a kid because my dad was the coach of all my baseball teams. So my dad obviously showed me favoritism. And it just it just made it really tough for me. And Anyway, so the same kid that I got in a fight with in third grade. I think we're a little bit older at this point. Um, he grabbed my hat, my baseball hat, and threw it into the women's restroom. And I had to get my older sister, Crystal, to go in and get my hat from the women's restroom. And it was super embarrassing. It was super, like, I shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. This shouldn't be happening to me kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, I when I think about that guy, I just think good and bad stuff. But now I think he's married. He's got a couple of kids. Good on him, man. I mean, that's people grow up. People change. But... It's just—it's interesting when you think about. Man, I was done. I was done with that guy. Later on, he ends up being a solid guy. You know, like later on, I I got no ill will toward him. He's just, you know, a different person now. Because I mean, obviously, we all grew up. So, But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's how I process some of those. Situations, I guess that's that's how you fall in and out of relationships. Like I was was done with said guy a long time ago. You know, we, we got a fight in third grade. I was done with him. You know, he was playing with the stuff on baseball, and I was done with him. And um, to be honest with you, I don't know if that was in the same year roughly, but once we had that fight, it seemed like the dude just chilled out and mellowed because I didn't give a damn. I sure as so hell didn't give a fuck. Like I, I didn't care. I was like, hey, listen, you're going to push me. That's fine. It'll be a fight. And I get, I would, what least, I'm going to say, every time you mess with me, it's going to be a fight. Now, you may not want to fight and beat up on me, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that I won't fight and beat up on you. Like, I mean, you may hit me 20 times. You're going to get hit twice. Maybe. Maybe more. But that was my reality and again we talked about business relationships when it ends how do you know when it ends we talked about love life relationships when it ends how do you know and then we've talked about just friendships and and different situations in the past that I've walked away from simply because it wasn't good for me it wasn't a good situation so um yeah that's pretty much what I've got going on with this and appreciate you listening today and uh you can catch drive time whenever so just uh keep listening hope to hear you back and uh yeah talk to you later